0: Again, reading in verse 18, we'll read responsively through verse 23. The Leviticus chapter 16, verses 18 through 23. And shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's holy word? And he shall go out into the altar that is before the Lord and make an atonement for it, and shall take of the blood of the bullock and of the blood of the goat and put it upon the horns of the altar round about. And he shall sprinkle of the blood upon it with his fingers seven times, and cleanse it, and hallow it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And when he hath made an end of reconciling the holy place, and the tabernacle of the congregation, and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat, And confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel, and all their transgressions, and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat, and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities into a land not inhabited, and he shall let go the goat in the wilderness." And Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of the congregation and shall put off the linen garnets which he put on when he went into the holy place and shall leave them there. And uh, this morning, I want to talk about the doctrine of the scapegoat in uh, true salvation, complete salvation, understanding what God has done for us through the finished work of Christ on Calvary, in understanding both aspects forgiveness and resurrected life the victory amen let's pray our father we pray that you bless this uh, time we yield your spirit the best way we know how we realize that we are weak but thou art strong we are but flesh and we pray that your spirit would have liberty have power to preach and hear the word that we would rise up above this world, sin, death, hell, and the grave, victorious over temptation, victorious over the tribulation of this life. Help us to understand, Christ is our all in all. He has the preeminence. He is before all things. And by Him, all things consist And He is our scapegoat. Help us to know the doctrine. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. You probably heard that term scapegoat in your life, basically kind of relating it to pass the buck or put the blame on someone or someone else or somebody might have gotten away with something. Uh, And this is a misuse of the term. So we want to look at the the doctrine. What does the Bible say about this? We know that our God is a holy God. He cannot be in the presence of sin. He cannot be tempted with sin. He tempteth no man to sin. He will ultimately judge all sin. So when he sent his Son, his only begotten, uh, the Word of God made flesh, Christ, He saves us. He keeps us saved. He reconciles us back to the Father. But more than that, He sets the sinner free. You cannot have one part without the other. You get all of it or you get nothing. So a lot of times people misinterpret, and there is no private interpretation of Scripture. One of these is the scapegoat, and I, I want you to listen very carefully. We need to know this so that there's no um, confusion in religion, or what we would call a cult. So, a cult is a false religion that calls itself Christian. You also have incomplete doctrine, even when in, within a lot of Baptist churches claiming to be Bible believers. So, they may have some knowledge but incomplete, or they may have a misuse of terminology and doctrine, or they may get things in the wrong order, or put it in the wrong place, or give it the wrong emphasis. We see this all the time because the devil is very cunning, he is very deceptive, he's very wily. If he cannot get someone to deny God and to be an atheist, he will then get them maybe to put it off for a while, procrastinate, believe in God, just not yet. Believe in God, but wait just a little while. If he cannot get them to do that, he will get them to believe, but believe false doctrine. Get them to believe, but in a deceptive way, or maybe even an incomplete doctrine. And this is what we want to look at this morning with the doctrine of the scapegoat. So, in the New Testament age, we have, you can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You either know the truth, or you have a, partial truth and 98% truth is not truth you either have 100% or it's not true at all we know this let god be true but every man a liar so the devil's come along with what has been called easy believism to where you can trust christ as the lord's goat when it was slain For the sin, but then somehow the believer becomes the scapegoat, and they're set free out into the wilderness to do whatever they want. That is not true. Ask Jesus into your heart, since God will receive you just as you are, pray this little prayer after me, and trust Jesus as your Savior. That's not the doctrine of the scapegoat. No repentance, easy believism, no conviction, no conversion, no drawing, no man can come unto me unless the Father draw him. This is visitation when God shows up and deals with you about your eternal, never-dying soul, and the sin question, what are you going to do about the fact that you have sinned, you are guilty, you're under the condemnation of Almighty God? People like the easy parts. They like the fire insurance from hell. They like the spare tire in the trunk in case you ever get a flat. The old saying... Everybody wants to go to heaven. Very few people want to go to church. Nobody wants to go to hell, but who wants to turn from sin and present their body as a living sacrifice? So we know according to Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. And the Bible says, he that cometh to God, listen to this, must do two things. Number one, believe that He is. Number two, believe that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So you have many people that believe that God is, but they don't have faith. Because faith says, I believe God will reward me if I seek Him. So you have this Partial faith, a percentage of faith in the hearts and the minds of a lot of church members in the last days. The Bible tells us, though, that even the devil says, believes. He's, the devils believe and tremble, they're not saved. And it says in John 2, 23, I read this the other day. It says, when they saw the miracles which Jesus did, many believed on his name. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew what was in all men. They had this faith of what's in it for me. What can God do for me? How can God benefit my life And it's an incomplete faith. It's not saving faith. And it is a partial, attempted relationship with God. So we get the answer to this in the doctrine of the scapegoat. In Leviticus 16, this took place on the Day of Atonement. And so you can't make this up, the old King James at one moment, so that God and His people, the priests in the Levitical priesthood, the tabernacle in the holy place in the holy of holies, and the priest's families even, it says their household, could be cleansed annually so that they could have a relationship with a holy God who cannot be in the presence of Of sin. Now we realize those things were a shadow of things to come. The handwriting of the ordinances was against us. It says in Colossians, we're nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ. We're not under the law, but the principles are there that we need a full cleansing. We need a complete cleansing from sin. Every believer every household member of every believer, in the priesthood, in the house of God, in the ministry of God. And so this is what the Day of Atonement was about. It's when the high priest came on the uh, one day of the 10th day of the 7th month of every year, the Day of Atonement. And he had to do things a very specific way that he would not die and so there was a bullock that was slain, there were two goats that were brought, and they would cast lots, and so the lot in which the Lord's lot fell, that would become the Lord's goat, and that goat then would be sacrificed for a sin offering. And that innocent blood was shed for the guilty of all the people, of all the priests, of the house of God, the tabernacle, the holy place and the holy of holies. And then the bullock would be sacrificed for Aaron and the priests, and it said that it would be taken outside the camp and we'll talk about that more later. And then the priest had to take this incense and it ha- had to go into the holy place there had to be so much incense in there that he could not see, that it was just blinding smoke of the sweet savor offered up to God. And it said he had to do this, that he would die not. So whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So the bullock is slain. The Lord's goat on whom the lot fell is sacrificed. But then the other goat of the two would become known as as the scapegoat. He would live. He would be set free. He would be led out into the wilderness, it says, by an able man. And so you have this contrast between, in God's Word, the wilderness where the beasts of the field live. This is where the Carnivorous beasts, the wild animals, the owls, the cormorant, the bittern, all the scorpions, the serpents. This is where Jesus went when he was led of the Spirit to be tempted forty days and forty nights uh, by the devil, and he came forth as pure gold and never sinned, uh, and always wielded the sharp two-edged sword of the Word of God, and said, "The uh, as it is written." Thou shalt not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. As it is written. So you have this contrast between the dry, barren, parched, desert wilderness inhabited by wild beasts, and then you have the garden of God, the mountain of God, lush, watered, and green, So the Lord's goat was sacrificed to pay for the sin of the people. That's not good enough. You say, well, how could you say that? Because you have to have the scapegoat carry your sins away. Most people just want their sins paid for. They do not want, practically speaking, the scapegoat to be led out into the wilderness to carry their sins away you know i i bear them no more praise the lord he took my sins far far away he has buried our sins as far as the east is from the west he's buried our sins in the deepest part of the sea and it says in jeremiah in the new covenant i will remember their sins no more but you have to have the lord's goat sacrificed for your sin, past, present, future. But then, after they'd confessed all the sin of the people, but then they would have this scapegoat, and he would be led out into the wilderness. And I want to read this um, again for you. It says that in verse 21, it says, And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat, So remember the doctrine of laying on of hands. This is in Hebrews 6, which is one of the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. When the hands are laid, there is an identification through the laying on of hands. So when Aaron the priest did this, he was identifying with the fact that Jesus Christ not only is the Lord's goat, THE SACRIFICE FOR SIN. BUT HE IS THE SCAPEGOAT WHICH IS GOING TO TAKE ALL THE SINS OF THE PEOPLE FAR, FAR INTO THE INHABITED PLACES OUT INTO THE WILDERNESS. AND THIS IS AN AMAZING PICTURE, THE SHADOW OF THINGS TO COME, OF THE FINISHED WORK OF JESUS CHRIST ON CALVARY WHEN HE CRIED OUT, IT IS FINISHED. Most people, though, they only like that Lord's goat. I like that idea that I don't have to pay for my sin. I like that idea that once saved, always saved. I like that. I like that idea that I don't have to be religious and I can't buy salvation or work for salvation. I don't need to go through any religious rituals or sacraments to be saved. But what is the Bible, the principle Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. As I said, the shadow of things to come. And just like it says in Hebrews that Jesus was taken outside the camp and burnt for us as a burnt offering. Here we have the sin offering, the complete, utter sacrifice of the lovely Son of God when He vicariously became the sin of all the world and so that He now is the propitiation, especially those that believe. But we always have because the Satan is so deceptive. A lot of people believe in the scapegoat. But their doctrine is not sound. So they link this to or associate the scapegoat with the sinner. Or excuse me, the Christian. So here's what they teach. And I've heard this taught and it's totally wrong. They brought the two goats, the Lord's goat. They would cast lots. Whoever the the Lord's lot fell would become the sacrifice that goat would be slain, its blood would be shed. The scapegoat then would become the Christian that God sent and set free into the wilderness, and they can do as they please, no one's out there, it's a wilderness, we're not under the law, you know, and the question arises, can you even be saved and be an antinomian, and no, you cannot, because... Nomianism is the law, and there's a movement called grace only, love only, that there is nothing right or wrong anymore, that the law is done away with when it goes against everything the Bible teaches. Jesus said, think not I'm come to destroy the law, but to do what? Fulfill it. Paul said in Romans 7, the law is good and holy teaches us what's right and wrong also it's a schoolmaster to bring us to christ so they teach in a false doctrine that because jesus is the the lord's goat that was slain for the sin of the world now the christian is set free nothing's right nothing's wrong no law all love of god all grace of god there's no restrictions on your life No limitations on your life. Sounds pretty good because he did set the sinner free, right? But not as the scapegoat. And freedom is not freedom to sin. It's freedom from sin. And if you get the doctrine right, complete salvation. You have the scapegoat. But it's not the believer being set free. It's Jesus Christ carrying our sin far, far away from us. And what does that mean? We have absolute, utter victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave. Now, there's a couple of reasons, uh, other reasons why that doctrine is wrong, that the, the scapegoat is a Christian getting to do whatever they want. In the Bible, we know this, there are two types of animals that represent God's people. And THE CHILDREN OF THE DEVIL. SO PAUL SAID, FOLLOW ME AS DEAR CHILDREN. JESUS SAID, SUFFER THE LITTLE CHILDREN TO COME UNTO ME. JESUS IS THE GREAT SHEPHERD OF THE SHEEP. ALL WE LIKE SHEEP HAVE GONE ASTRAY AND TURNED HIS OWN WAY. PSALM 23, THE GREAT LOVE OF THE GREAT SHEPHERD FOR HIS SHEEP. SO WE KNOW IN THE BIBLE, GOD'S GOING TO SEPARATE WHAT? THE SHEEP FROM THE GOATS. At the judgment of the nations and also uh, other judgments, it will be determined who was on the Lord's side, the sheep, who was the enemy of God, the goats. So all throughout the Bible, we have this typology that God's people led by the great shepherd are the sheep. Read John 10, Psalm 23, many places in the word of God. Now, on the other hand, The goats are the rebels who turn on God and will not follow the loving, kind, compassionate, great shepherd. They are rebellious. They're independent. And we even know about the Baphomet, the goat who's hermaphrodite with the upside-down pentagram and all these types of things. The goat is the type of a follower of the devil. And Jesus said, "You're of your father, the devil and the lust of your father, he will do. When I was a kid in Corpus Christi, there was a, a legend. I think I saw it one time. Maybe I thought I saw it. The goat man. There was this place way out Staples. There was this old barn. And there was a wicked spirit that lived there. Half man half goat, you know, the upside down the pentagram, had the horns, and um a lot of people claimed to see it. It wasn't the sheep man, it was the goat man. And when when you think about these two types of animals and their character and what the character of the animal represents and then the type in all of the Bible doctrine a goat cannot type a Christian. It doesn't fit. It's impossible. You can't type a Christian as a goat when the children of Satan are the goat. So you can't say the scapegoat is getting set free from all that he did wrong, and he's the goat out there in the wilderness getting to do what he wants. Because if that were true, but it's, and it's not, that means easy believism is right. Just pray this prayer, repeat after me, say a few words, know what to say when people ask you if you're going to heaven when you die. And then live like a goat. Live like a devil. That would be true, but it's not. I remember one time our our rancher friend gave us Billy. Billy goat and I really like Billy. If you've ever looked in the eyes of a goat and they have those slits, and old Billy, he was a great guy for a while. <laughs> and uh, Billy, he started eating things he wasn't supposed to eat. And then he started kicking people he wasn't supposed to kick. And then he started butting little kids when they would visit. And then. Somebody got a brand-new vehicle. I never forgot to. And Billy decided to make our, our guests and our visitors' brand-new vehicle his mountain. <laughs> and he'd, he'd jump up there, bam, bam, scratching it, brand-new. And he went all the way up. You know, those hoods are kind of flimsy. You could hear the metal. And, you know, old Billy. And uh, sad to say, Billy went, went back to the giver, and I think Billy... Became Cabrito, but he wasn't he wasn't small, he was pretty big, he had big horns, but he it wasn't a sheep you know we had sheep. you could round them up, they weren't a herd. they would follow, they'd come to the feed bucket uh Billy goat uh got in big trouble. you know why? His nature was not good, and God typed this through his sovereignty and his wisdom, and God's child cannot be typed as a goat. Jesus Christ, as our high priest, you know what he did? He offered himself as our sacrifice, innocent dying for the guilty, took his very own blood to the mercy seat in heaven, sprinkled it, And you know, the priest here, he had to sprinkle it with his finger seven times or he would die. He had to take the incense with a smoke in the thickness of the prayers uh, that pleased Almighty God into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement or he would die. And it's often said that the priest would have to have a rope tied to him because if he violated anything the power of God would strike him dead. And so and he had bells and he'd ring them every once in a while in some way. And if he got struck dead by God on the Day of Atonement, they 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 would pull him out by that rope because nobody else could go in there or they would be struck dead. Everything had to be done exactly right. You know, and you see all these people, what's the big deal that why can't we be the scapegoat? Because you're not a goat. You're a sheep. You're a loyal follower of the great shepherd. But you see how cunning the devil is. The Lord's goat. The death, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Representing the horrible, evil sin of all humanity. And then you understand... God finished what he started. It's not enough to have a sacrifice. We want our sins gone. We sing the song, gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. The scapegoat. You know, you'll see this in politics. You know the new term? Well, they'll say they threw somebody under the bus, right? They weren't guilty. They were blamed. Then they use the pass the buck, so you got the buck private all the way up to the corporal, to the sergeant, to the staff. They'd pass the buck and blame it on somebody else, but they they use that scapegoat. This person was used as a way out. Yeah, but who is the scapegoat? Jesus Christ, as our sin offering, as the burn offering, as the scapegoat. So. It's very, very important that we understand full salvation. Not partial salvation. Full salvation. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I'm going to heaven. And some people say, "Uh, I had this told me recently, because I want to. I said, you don't go to heaven because you want to. Go to heaven because you have a Savior. And the true Savior, not just died for your sin, He took them away. He took them away. So, victory is ours, praise the Lord, through the finished work of Christ on Calvary. It's I know this seems strange. It's not enough that He just forgave us. He must also set us free from the sin by carrying our sin far away. Many times they'll say, "Yeah, I'm going to heaven. It's none of your business. I know what Jesus did. I know that he died on a cross." Yeah, but how come your sins are there? How come you're so sinful? How come you're so evil? How come you're so worldly? How come there's no change in your life? I want to I want to read this again. We're almost there. In verse 22, It says, and the goat, now look at this, shall bear upon him all the, what, iniquities into a land not inhabited, and he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. And then it says, Aaron and the man who led the goat out would come back, and they had to do two things. They had to wash their clothes, complete cleansing, and they had to wash their flesh. They had to take a, a, a bath or shower. They had to cleanse. So, a lot of people, they only like that Lord's goat. They don't want the scapegoat. Why can't we let the Lord set us free? Now this is the difference, and just listen, I'm almost the, what, where somebody comes for a while, says they believe, looking pretty good, But deep in the recesses of their heart and in their mind, they somehow think there's a scapegoat, and it's them. And they're going to go out there. They can still play. They can still romp. They can still be mischievous and naughty, like the Bible calls it. They leave within themselves this capability and this possibility to turn back to look back, to draw back, to go to the old crowd, to let the world determine what they believe and how they live. So, we know, this very, we're justified by faith. The finished work of Christ on Calvary, right? But what is the finished work of Christ on Calvary? The Lord's goat was sacrificed and the scapegoat took the sin away. Now, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. If you truly believe, this will happen for you. I can't explain it. I can't describe it. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Even the high priest who gave his whole life for God, his, the Lord was his inheritance, it said, if you don't do exactly right, You're going to die. You've got to do. You have to be dressed. You have to have on the linen breeches. You have to have on the the ephod with the twelve manner of stone. You have to have on the bonnet that God requires. You have to do everything exactly as it is commanded you, or else you will die. And here we are, believers, because we're not under the law, and we take liberties as Gentiles. These were a shadow of things to come. And God said what he meant, and he meant what he said. The Lord's goat was sacrificed for sin. Praise the Lord. Past, present, future. But the scapegoat carries our sin far away. So I'm not saying if you sin, you're lost. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying if you backslide, you're lost. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the doctrine... Is he took our sin far away. It's like I, I saw this guy recently in town a couple days ago, and I talked to. Him. He, he's the guy who told me. He, he told his daughter, he said, "You wouldn't want to go to heaven anyways. You wouldn't like it." He goes, "I'm tired of asking you to go by what you believe and how you live. You wouldn't even want to go there anyway. It's like brother how uh, brother Paul saying, if you can't stand up and praise the Lord, what makes you think you're going to do it in heaven forever? If you don't, if you can't love God now, what makes us think they're going to do it then? We need a miraculous application of the Day of Atonement. I want you to think of who you're praying for right now. Maybe it's a child, a family member, a friend, a cousin. We need a miracle of the Day of Atonement. We need them to believe in the Lord's goat and the scapegoat. And what did John the Baptist say? Notice, behold the Lamb of God, which was slain before the foundation of the world. He taketh our sin away. Now, how do how do you know you're saved? Well, the Bible says so. 1 John 5:13. This is the record, but I have the Lord's goat, Jesus Christ died for my sin. My sin was placed upon him, and I have the Lord's I have the scapegoat. He carried my sin far away. Jesus said, "He that believeth on me, no man shall pluck them out of my father's hand." Amen. All right, let's pray. Every head's bowed.